Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Certain things just go together better, like peanut butter and jelly, apple pie and ice cream, or the comfort and support found in a DreamCloud hybrid mattress with its combination of memory foam and springs. DreamCloud is a luxury mattress made with premium materials at half the price of traditional hybrid mattresses. Perfectly comfortable sleep is about more than just the mattress you sleep on. And that's why every DreamCloud also comes with $399 in accessories. Plus get $200 off a 365-night home trial, free shipping and returns, and a forever warranty. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com and start getting hotel-level comfort and support in your very own home. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues, and yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too, right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Naomi Osaka is done with press conferences. Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer revealed an important detail about their real-life relationship while filming Friends. And Elamine Abdul-Mahmoud joins us to talk about Olivia Rodrigo's hit album, Sour. It's May 27th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen Leconti. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Oh, so today in some... Sad but good news. I read that Howard University announced that it has named its newly reestablished College of Fine Arts after Chadwick Boseman. Okay, I saw this. I love that so much. I think it's a really nice way to honor him. Mm-hmm. It, it is because this his school, which he went to, was very important to him. Like throughout his time acting, like it was well known that that's where he went and that he was very proud of where he went. And to name it after him, a school that meant so much to him, it's 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 a perfect honor. Yeah. And, you know, I also just think about the fact that like his career as an actor was obviously cut so short. And there's something nice about thinking about how many young black actors at Howard University are going to come up through the Chadwick Boseman school. So I feel like that's a, a that's a nice and fitting tribute to such a gifted actor. All right. So moving on, we're starting with tennis star Naomi Osaka of Japan making some serious power moves. The world's number two ranked women's tennis player says she will not be taking any questions from the media during this year's French Open, and she says it's to protect her mental health. Osaka made this statement yesterday in an Instagram post, writing, I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. 
Pro tennis players can be fined up to $20,000 for skipping a news conference at a major tournament. But that's not stopping Osaka. She says, quote, I hope the considerable amount that I get fined for this will go towards a mental health charity. She also posted two video clips that put things into perspective, one featuring this iconic quote from former NFL pro Marshawn Lynch. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer, so... You may remember Lynch wasn't a fan of press conferences either. The second was a clip of a 14-year-old Venus Williams being aggressively interviewed by a reporter, forcing her dad to step in. Venus herself commented on the post, saying, Girl, do you. Your life is yours to live. I mean... I absolutely love this. Uh, Good for her for protecting her mental health. That's really important. I mean, especially it's important for everyone, but, you know, especially if you're an athlete competing, the mental health component of it is a huge factor of how well you're going to be able to compete. Especially when you're an individual athlete, right? Right. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. that even puts the pressure on even more. And one of the things that she talked about, too, was, and it's so true, we're in media, we know, she gets asked the same question over and over again. And also because she's so outspoken and a woman of color, she gets really hard questions that other, like, white athletes would not get. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, that's going to affect her mental health. And, you know, I'm sure that for an athlete of her caliber, the 20 grand she'll be fined or whatever, it's not going to be a huge deal. I did really like that she kind of put the organization on blast a little mm-hmm. bit by painting him into this corner of saying, well, I hope you'll donate that money to a mental health charity. Because the fact is, the organization should not profit $20,000 no because she's, you know what I mean? So I hope they actually do take her up on that. And if they are going to enforce the fine, I hope they do donate it like she requested, you know? Meanwhile, the Friends reunion finally dropped on HBO Max, and I want to talk about a big revelation from Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer. And before we continue, we just have to say it. Huge spoiler alert here. The show's six stars, along with producers, sat down for a two-hour special, including an interview with James Corden. The biggest takeaway is this. After Corden noted how he was shocked that there were never any off-screen romances between the cast, Schwimmer revealed, quote, The first season, I had a major crush on Jen, with Aniston saying that the feelings were mutual. As for this burning question, it remains controversial after all these years. Were Ross and Rachel on a break? Yes. 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 Bullshit. (laughs) Who was it? Was that Joey saying bullshit? I think it was, yeah. And do you love how I said Joey? I'm not saying anyone's real names. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, I'm just curious. Let's start here. Were they on a break? What's your takeaway? I mean, I think this was explained a little bit for, oh no, it wasn't. (laughs) This is because I saw it on Twitter. They were on a break, but he slept with someone three hours after, which is disrespectful. And as Olivia Rodrigo (laughs) says in her new album, sure, you didn't cheat, but you're still a traitor. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That just came to me. I have been listening to this too much. It is perfect that we're talking about her today, but please make me stop talking about her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I, for one, am very glad that Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer never actually dated. Same. Because I I don't think we would have gotten 10 seasons out of this show if there were like a lot of behind the scenes romances. Totally. But it, it it is it is wild. Like that is such a good question. I never really thought about how there weren't any romances within the cast. Like they always it was like outside. Like that's funny. 
Yeah, I know. They really they really did have such a good friendship relationship. Mm. And, you know, they all negotiated their contracts together. They ate lunch together every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a television cast that was as bonded as True. they were platonically. You mm-hmm. know? I think that's mm-hmm. what made the show so great. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. By now, chances are you've heard about Olivia Rodrigo. You know I have. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have, Casey. The 18-year-old actor and singer first caught our attention on the Disney Channel show Bizardvark. Currently, she's starring in the Disney Plus show High School Musical, the musical, the series. But the reason you can't stop hearing about her is because her debut album, Sour, is taking over the universe. Her first single, Driver's License, has been stuck in our heads for months now. But Sour was just released last Friday, and it's capturing the attention of teenagers ripe with angst-filled emotions everywhere. Not to mention the hearts of millennials who are obsessed with this album as well, even though, yes, it makes them slash me feel old. To talk about why Olivia Rodrigo's album is hitting us all in the feels, we're joined by BuzzFeed news culture writer Elamine abdul Mahmoud. Hi, Elamine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, friends. How's it going? Oh, you know, well. (laughs) (laughs) That seemed unsure. You're like, I guess like it's it's, fine. It's unsure because Olivia Rodrigo's songs are making me feel things. I get it. It is brutal out here. I 100%. (laughs) I'm there with you. You know, so it's like whichever way we're feeling about it, the universe seems to be collectively asking, what is it about Sour? You know, why is this the album that everyone's obsessed with? Why am I so obsessed with it? And why have (laughs) I listened to it every time I'm in the car and shower? So I want to know, what are your initial thoughts on why this is happening at this moment in time to everyone, but also to me? (laughs) Well, I have several questions for you. First question is, are you a woman in a certain age, say roughly between 25 and, I don't know, (laughs) 38-ish? That's uh, correct. Whoops. It appears like you have won the Olivia Rodrigo sweepstakes, and this album (laughs) is catered specifically to trigger a bunch of feelings for you. Listen, I think one of the things that are really working from this record um, is that it has a lot of familiar reference points, right? Like we opened with that brutal song and it sounds a little bit like sort of like late nineties kind of uh, rock music meets like, I don't know, like maybe like an Avril Lavigne kind of energy. Like it's, it, it feels kind of familiar to you. There's a bunch of different sonic references from a few significant musical reference points in the last, I don't know, let's say 20 years or so. You have your sort of Taylor Swift-ish sort of vibes. You have your Lord vibes. You have your Billie Eilish vibes. And like, if you collect all those, the congratulations, you got a whole deck. Like that's a Pokemon deck that you can take and cash for all <laughs> millennial audiences possible. To the point where like, there was that one tweet from someone, I think like a Gen Z person who was like, are all the old hoes being paid to talk about Olivia Rodriguez? And it's like, yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's because Olivia Rodrigo made this record knowing exactly who the big reference points of the last 20 years were. It's all clearly struck such a chord. Do you think it speaks to how powerful this form of like raw self-expression can be? I feel like feelings seem to be having a real moment right now, especially considering what a tough time it's been for all of us this year. I mean, 100%. I am looking for something that feels on my behalf. You know, I think a lot of the music I've been listening to for the last year or so has been like exuberant in a way that like actually hasn't matched my inner vibe that much. Look, I I love WAP, but like who is that excited about being indoors for 18 months? Like that's just like not the energy that any of us are trying to have. I think we needed something that 
match the moment with its anxieties, with its heartbreak. Uh, and, and this was the album that kind of did that in a way that felt new, but also felt kind of familiar. And I think like when you combine those two forces, it's just like a really powerful kind of energy. So as you insinuated earlier, for some of us, high school was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yet adults are also feeling all kinds of emotions as a result of this album. Do you think it speaks to that high school inner child in all of us? You know, when I'm listening to the song, I keep seeing flashes of X's and tears and, you know, it never seems to go away. And music seems to be one of the most profound ways to trigger such feelings. You know what I think it is? I think we are mad. We being like older millennials are mad that we didn't have this album in high school. Mm-hmm. Yes. That we didn't have this album yep. and also have TikTok and Instagram in high school. Because let me tell you, I would have been just like plucking out these lyrics, posting really like moody photos on Instagram with these captions. It just would have been a really fun time for me. I actually like can picture that so clearly because the album is very explicitly about that teenage heartbreak. So explicitly that you actually have no other option but to interpret it exactly as it's asking you to. And in that sense, it puts you in that place and you're like, oh, now I see myself through this music and how I would have sort of lived through it. And I actually think there's something joyous about that. But also like you're like, I'm missing out on something, which is why all of us are, you know, driving down the highway, shouting all these all these lyrics because you're like, no, no, no. I would like to go back to that place. And the album lets you do that. Elamine, that is like so creepily accurate. Let me tell you about 12 hours ago after two glasses of wine <laughs> oh, no, when I Casey. turned to my roommate and I and I said and I explained to her the depth of the words in these lyrics and I said she says do you love me want me hate me boy I don't understand and I'm like <laughs> I don't understand either <laughs> this is it this is it you don't want like an obscure song lyric that captures your heartache you just want something that just says that you're like I don't I, I don't get it I like that's that's a perfect Olivia Rodrigo energy I love that <laughs> well we have a lot more to break down about this album which we're gonna do right after the break Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like blondie vocalist Debbie Harry, journalist and television host Jeremy Clarkson, editor-in-chief of InStar magazine Laura Brown, and creative juggernaut Goldie. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. 
I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Elamin Abdul Mahmood about Olivia Rodrigo's hit album, Sour. There's a lot more to the crazy success of Sour than triggering our feelings. You know, there's always a formula at play in the music business, whether it's the Disney star formula, i.e. bouncing off the success of High School Musical, the musical, the series, or merging with a new world of viral TikTok trends. There's a lot to consider. How do you assess how this perfect storm came to be? I mean, one, we got to shout out Olivia Rodrigo for being an absolute marketing genius, first of all. I was one of those people who, after driver's license got as big as it was, I think I naturally, not just me, but I naturally kind of had this instinct that's like, the album's not going to hit. Like, the album's not going to be that big of a thing because this is simply too much of a height to transcend. Because she's not going to be able to beat this. How is she going to be able to do that? And we get to this point now where she's done it. And it's this incredible way of using the old Disney machinery that we're kind of familiar with. So, like, think about the people you know who have used that Disney machinery. So, like, let's go Demi or let's go like with Miley. Mixed with the ability to write songs and write songs so beautifully that recalls a tailor or recalls a lord. And so you're kind of combining two different paths to stardom in one album. And like there's something really powerful about what happens when you combine those two different paths to stardom. Because, you know, Taylor wouldn't be where she is if she wasn't a songwriter. Lord wouldn't be where she is if she wasn't a, so- a songwriter. So Olivia had this path established before her from being on the show. A- the heartbreak that is kind of already public because we were already kind of consuming it because of driver's license. But then at the end of the day, like what she did amazing was the songwriting. Like these songs are good. And by the way, she also is is following this established model that I'm a fan of that. I wish record companies would continue to do because like every time that you see a new young woman who is writing her own music, there's this instinct to surround her with like a dozen songwriters and be like, let's experiment with a bunch of things because like radio likes those things. This didn't happen here. It's just her and Dan Negro. And like they wrote the entirety of the album together and Dan, produced it like that's the same thing we saw with Billie Eilish and Phineas it's the same thing we saw with Lord and Joe Little it's the same thing we saw with Taylor and Nathan Chapman like there's just like you have this person you let their singular vision through the album is her singing on this album amazing no she has a long way to go in terms of developing her voice but is the vision really clear yeah like it's a very consistent album where you're like, even though these songs have so many different musical styles, you could see them so clearly living in the same place and in conversation with one another. And, you know, her producer, he's also helped produce albums for the likes of like Carly Rae Jepsen, Empress Of, and Kimbra. When you listen to this album, do you hear bits and pieces of those artists in there or any other artists? I do. I mean, I really think so that she's a chameleon, right? Like there's like something about her ability to, I mean, like there's a song on this album 
where she samples Taylor. She samples Taylor in one step forward, three steps back. And it's just a piano part. You hear the piano part. You're like, this is familiar. And it's like, the reason it's familiar is because it's the piano part from Taylor Swift's New Year's Day. Like there are these explicit references. There are these sort of like movements back and forth between big pop culture icons that you were already familiar with. And she's just using that to sort of create her own thing. And it works. It could have been tacky, but it works. And I think like that's sort of the magic of this is that she actually wins you over, you know, wins you over by saying, I know this is hard. I know this is hard to do. I know exactly who I sound like and who I'm, who I'm reminding you of. And when an artist says that and they still manage to win you over, I think that's like a really hard feat. Yeah, you mentioned these comparisons to uh, like past pop stars. You mentioned Miley and Demi and Lord, and of course, a lot of people are bringing up Taylor Swift. I'm curious, do you see Olivia Rodrigo as a natural evolution of these pop girls of the past, or is her breakthrough unique in its own right? I mean, her breakthrough is unique in the sense that uh, she doesn't have to fight for the audience the same way that those other women did. You know... Those of us who are Taylor Swift historians, remember that your girl had to go like radio station to radio station to be like, will you play my song? I know I sound like I'm 15 and it's because I am, but I want you to believe in this record. There is something about trying to win the, trying to actually develop the energy of capturing the teenage demographic. And it used to be as crazy as this is to say, like it used to be kind of harder, like, you know, record companies threw all kinds of things out to test on the teen demographic. Not all of them worked. Every once in a while, you'd strike gold. Like Avril Lavigne shouldn't have worked, but it did. Right. But cut to this moment and the teens are kind of telling you, they're telling you what they're interested in. They're very good at communicating that we see in the TikTok trends all the time. So in some ways, it's kind of easier for her to recreate that trajectory, which means that she should surpass all her four or sisters, I guess. Like, I, th- I think there, there will come a moment where she exceeds them. Having said that, like, it is unnerving to be like, oh, I wonder what she's going to do next, like a week after the record comes out. Like, give it a minute, you know, let it breathe. But I'm curious where she goes from no, here. No, Elamine, I'm not going to let it breathe. I okay? know. I, know. I hear you. No, but I have a very specific reason why. Okay. This okay, is what me. I want to end on. <laughs> okay. It's a theory I saw last night that absolutely blew my mind. So I really want to set the stage for both of you right now. Okay. Okay. We have Olivia who loves Taylor Swift, who we know loves Easter eggs. Olivia released her album, which to be fair is surprisingly short. Around the same time, she also did a collab with Sour Patch Kids, which are iconically sour and then sweet. Her album called Sour was filled with only breakup songs, which means Olivia is totally going to release a new album soon called Sweet that is filled with love songs. Casey, you could be off your rocker or you could be a genius. Like, we, there's no way to know. But I 100% like okay, this listen, idea. I am, I am not the genius. The people of TikTok are genius. I just watch the TikToks. But, but this is fair. This is like, this is, this is actually like, that's really good way to sort of like indicate the level of investment that people have in Olivia already, right? Like, there's something like so nice about the fact that we're already so invested and we're like, yes, we want more of this. What more can you give us? And you know what? If people are already at the gate for you, like it took, you know, it took Lord two albums to get there. It took Taylor five, four to get there. You know, that's a significantly accelerated timeline. Well, Elamine, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Hey, my pleasure. I'm so sorry I didn't sing Hey Steven to you. But oh, hey please. Steven, Next I know looks could be deceiving. Yes, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, Naomi Osaka might be ranked number two in the world, but she's number one in our hearts. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 